Well, praise the Lord. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Thank God for the worship and music today. I want to give God thanks and thank the Seminary Worship Committee for this opportunity to be with you in worship today. What a joy and a privilege it is for me to be with you virtually. I am here in the Metro Detroit area where we call it the Motor City. And I bring you greetings, not only from the Payne household, but I bring you greetings from the Conant Garden Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in Detroit, Michigan. Well, it is good to be here again. And I invite you to open your Bibles with me, your, your mobile devices, as we turn to our scripture reading for consideration found in the book of Mark. Mark chapter three, verses 13 to 19. And it reads, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him. And that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Bonerges, that is, sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And they went into a house. For the next few moments, I'd like to share this message with you entitled, Purposed for More. Purposed for More. Pray with me. Kind Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come together virtually in worship. Our hearts have been uplifted, oh God, through songs of praise. And now, Father, we ask you to speak to our hearts. So we ask for your spirit, God, to be poured out in copious measure as you minister to us in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now I'm going to need you to talk to me in the chat as we continue in the word of God today. I don't know about you, but have you found that uh, that there are moments you find yourself wondering if the person glaring back at you in the mirror of Vernita uh, has what it takes to face the expectations of the day? Have you ever stood there and wondered if you've got what it takes to make it through the seminary, Andrew? Are, are, are there times where you find yourself challenged and stretched, tasked to do what you've never done before? Or uh, even now, as we are living in, in a time that this globe, this world has never seen, those of us living a time where we are told to stay six feet apart, Donald, uh, church gatherings are limited. Uh, amidst the global pandemic, uh, world Worldwide economies have been crippled. Unemployment rates have reached an all-time high. Domestic violence has increased. Child abuse has increased, Fernando. Uh, the ICUs, we've seen them reach capacity. And now we see the insurgent of a new variant. Death tolls went beyond what we could imagine last year. And in this climate, we are called to lead. We are called to direct. We are called, Pastor Natasha, we are called to plan and do that which has yet to be attempted. And while you do your best to heed the 
old adage, put one foot in front of the other, Sandra, and keep on moving. You are all too aware of your weaknesses. You are all too acquainted with your own frailties, and you're even aware of your own falterings. You've got a closet seal, don't tell anybody, with more than a few skeletons. What can God do with you? The gospel of Mark is known for its rapid pace with Jesus presented as a man of action. It's noted for its focus on discipleship. In the third chapter, in the 13th verse, we see Jesus ascending from a lakeside lowland, going up on a mountain, calling to himself who he wanted, Diana. Verse 13 says, and he went up on a mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. Up until now, the disciples had just been associated with Jesus. They witnessed him heal the sick, restore withered abilities. They saw him cast out demons, Samuel. They, they heard him preach powerfully uh, as multitudes followed. But now there would be a shift. Jesus called those he wanted, those that he actually wanted to establish his church here on earth. Mm -hmm. uh, untraveled these were, Betty. Uh -huh. uh, they were uncultured, yet he called them. They were limited in their understanding, uh, Kayla, uh, uh, but he called them. They didn't understand different ethnicities in the world that he was sending them to, yet he called them. They didn't understand global languages, yet he called them. They didn't have a terminal university degree, yet he called them. He knew who they would eventually, uh, he knew they would eventually run away from him at at his most critical moment, Vernita, in, 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 in ministry, he knew they would deny him, Andrew. He knew uh, they would call mission abort and abandon him as he died. Jesus knew they would lock themselves up for fear. Jesus knew they were self-seeking. They were self-righteous. They were impulsive. They were doubting. They were fearful. They were fractured within. Jesus knew all of this, yet... Jesus still called them to himself. He called who he himself wanted, and he saw who they could be with him. Mm. Who you were and what you've done, even what people have got to say about you, does not disqualify you from being saved. It doesn't disable you from being chosen and set apart for a purposeful present, a fulfilling future, and being used mightily by God. You have been purposed for more. I wish I had some help in the chat today. Don't count yourself out, sister pastor. Don't count yourself out, brother pastor. You have been purposed for more. You may fear what's going on on the outside as we try to navigate all things virtual. But if you're really honest, some of you fear even more what's going on on the inside because you know what you've been through. You know your secrets. You know your demons. You know your addictions. You know your proclivities. You know what you're dealing with. You have been purposed 
for more. Jesus is not deterred by your demographics, your socioeconomic class. He is not restrained by your failing report card. He is not limited by your GPA or your education levels. He's not hindered by your social status. He's not, he's not worried about your job status or whether or not you've got a call. He is not put off by your past, nor he is he bound by social norms. Look at who Jesus called, Monica. Jesus wanted the fisherman, the blue collar. He wanted the tax collector, the white collar. Jesus wanted the zealot, the political revolutionary. He wanted the man with the bad temper. He, the ones who would be considered the least likely by the religious leaders to leave the church and grow God's kingdom on earth. Don't count yourself out. You have been purposed for more, Denard. Perhaps Jesus would call you to serve and share his love in a way you never thought you could. You're in the seminary. You never thought that would happen. You don't even know what's coming next, but you find yourself here. Uh, maybe you're like me. You might be a woman and you find yourself in this thing called pastoral ministry or trying to understand your call. I had to accept that God called me to himself because of what he wanted, not because of what people have to say, not because I'm better than anyone else or more skilled than anyone else or flawless. In fact, there are members in my church far more talented, far more gifted than I am. Yet God chose me because that's what he wanted. And I want you to know God has purposed you for more. He sees who you can be with him. What can be accomplished for his kingdom if you don't give up, but hold on through Greek hold on through Hebrew. Don't worry about, don't worry about it. Keep on learning the vocabulary. You're going to get through this. I know God wants me, but I believe that God wants you for such a time as this. You say, but I've got some issues. I'm not even sure about what's next for me. I, I don't know if anybody's gonna want me uh, to be a minister in, in, in their church district or in their hospital or in their in on their military base. Child of God, I need you to know that God wanted you and chose you before the foundation of the world. He determined to save you and give you a purpose. You have been purposed for more. There may be people in your your life who may not have wanted you. You may have suffered a broken relationship, even a broken heart. You may have been abandoned by your parents, but there's one thing you never need to doubt. That is God wants you. Ephesians 4, 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Yes, don't count yourself out. You have been purposed 
for more. You say, okay, I get that, but how? How can I realize his purpose for my life amidst this pandemic, amidst civil unrest, in the reality that no one is paying for my seminary, even though I've been sponsored, they're, they're talking about taking my church away. What about all the baggage of imperfection that I bring to the table? Uh, on our own, there's no way we can fulfill that great purpose that God has for us. But I'm so glad today that Jesus says help. Won't you shout help? Is there anybody else that needs help? You see, this help is guaranteed. As Dr. Ranko Stavanovic so rightly wrote book, A Revelation of Jesus Christ, in the six-part great act of salvation, of our salvation plan, gives me great assurance. Act one, Jesus came, the incarnation. Act two, Jesus died on the cross. Act three, uh, Jesus got up the resurrection. Act four, it's his ascension. I'm coming back, stick a pin in it. Act five, the final judgment. And act six, uh, the second coming. It is act four today that gives us great assurance and great hope that you can live and rise to the purpose that Jesus has called you to because it is at act four, at Christ's ascension, at Christ's enthronement in the heavenly sanctuary signifying his inauguration. It is here that we witness uh, the Holy Spirit being poured out. Uh, it is here that we see in Acts chapter two, the disciples who were weak, uh, the disciples who were faltering, those who we called three years before who didn't look like they could do anything worthwhile in ministry. It is here that we see them being filled mightily with the power of the Holy Spirit uh, moving and working and doing what they thought could never be done, but because of the help that Jesus sent, they were more than capable and more than equipped to fulfill the task that was before them. Jesus sends help. I'm so glad that Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. When we accept God, the Son, into our heart, he sends God, the Holy Spirit, to live inside of us. You know it, your preachers. He's the one enabling us to live his God purpose for our life. He is the one shaping us and molding us to be better than we are. He is the one that works out our mess. He is the one uh, who, who makes you and shapes you into being a loving and joy-filled purpose, a person, a, a peaceful and kind person, a gentle and good good person, a temperate and faithful uh, person, a patient person. You're struggling with your issues now. You don't know uh, if you, you have any use in ministry. I want you to be encouraged today that as you live in relationship with Jesus Christ and you allow the Holy Spirit to saturate your, your entire being, he works out the bad and he works in the good. He, he makes that inward change that makes the outward difference in how we relate to each other in the world. He is the one who works in us to will and do of his good pleasure. He is the one uh, who works in us so that we can be a blessing to uplift humanity and rise to the task of the purpose for which he's called us. But I'm so glad that Jesus doesn't only send uh, the fruit of the spirit, 
Today, I want you to know that Jesus sends saving help and he gives you the gifts of the spirit. Oh, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, he causes us to bear fruit. Oh, I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit comes allowing us to bear fruit, gifts, and also gives us gifts, gifts of the spirit in the form of abilities to those who believe, abilities powered by God himself self, that the world might know Christ Jesus through your service, that we might serve in the spirit. You see, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11 lets us know that the manifestation of the spirit is given to each and every one of us for the profit of all. Everybody is not going to have the same gifts and abilities. Don't worry about being jealous of, of what somebody else can do, uh, 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 the ministry opportunities that somebody else is given. You'll be faithful with what God has given you. To some, he gives wisdom. To some, he gives knowledge. To some, he gives faith. To some, he gives healings. To some, he gives working of miracles. Uh, to some, even prophecy to some discerning of spirits, to some uh, different kinds of languages and abilities, uh, to some the interpretation of those languages. But it's all the same Holy Spirit that has come bearing gifts to those who believe and are surrendered to doing the work of God, distributing to each one, get this, as he wills, that's right. God himself chooses which gifts or abilities to place on you who believe uh, a measure, uh, uh, it's him in us. Uh, working through us. Uh, a spiritual gift uh, is given to each of us so we can help each other. I want you to know today that you have been purposed for more. Don't worry about what you think you can't do. Rely on God and let him do it through you. God wants to use you and he will make all the changes in your life necessary if you let him. He will give your life purpose, not for self-glorification, no. Not to get the credit or a pat on the back, not to get a larger ministry assignment, but to bring glory to Jesus Christ, to draw others to a knowledge of him. He himself, Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 says, he gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature, the fullness of Christ. You have been purposed for more. You know, it's interesting. Jesus calls, but we must come. How many of you ran at first? Maybe you're still running. Not trusting Jesus's call, not understanding his plan. But when Jesus calls us, we ought to answer. In Mark, Chapter three in our scripture pericope, Jesus called all those crazy disciples, but they came, they came to him. Jesus calls, but we must come. A few years back, my husband and I were sitting on our porch and we saw our neighbor pass by 
and she had a, a new dog with her. My husband and I had been talking about getting a dog and she had this new dog and we struck up a conversation, come to find out she was a rescue and needed a home. And we're standing around there talking about what we would name her because our neighbor wanted to give her to us. And we picked a name, we said her name would be Duchess. And as we started calling her Duchess, it didn't take long for Duchess to start responding to her name. We were able to take Duchess home. We rescued her. She came to our house. And this was three days after meeting her for the first time. She ran around and around and around in circles. And every time I called her, I said, Duchess, come here. Do you know that little dog responded and came to me? We rescued her. She understood that. And she answered to the name we gave her a few days earlier. I ask you this question, that if a dog can respond to its name and come to the owner who rescued it, how much more should we, created in the image of God, redeemed by the blood of Jesus, yield to the call that the Lord Jesus has on our life and answer his call and come to him? You may not see yourself as someone who could serve the Lord. You may ask, could God really use me? Did Peter and Matthew see themselves as religious leaders and the founding members of the Christian church? Did they see themselves healing and casting out demons? They may not have, but they may not have, but Jesus did. You have been purposed for more. You may consider yourself, I'm too young, I may be, uh, to look at the captive servant girl. Because of her witness, a sick general was cured of leprosy and experienced the Lord. Come to Jesus. You have been purposed for more. You might think uh, what you have just isn't enough. Uh, look at what that boy with just the five loaves and two fish, he gave what he had to Jesus. Jesus blessed and fed over 5,000 men, not to mention women and children that day. Come to Jesus. You have been purposed for more. You may believe, look, I've suffered too much uh, loss. Uh, to ever live a meaningful life again. Look at Naomi. With the Lord, she mentored her daughter-in-law and became a mother again. Come to Jesus. You have been purposed for more. Perhaps you may not feel qualified or competent. Neither did Moses. But with God's help, an entire nation was freed. Come to Jesus. You have been purposed for more. You may think you're too old to do anything noteworthy. So did Sarah. But with God's help, she became the mother of a nation. Come to Jesus. Jesus, you have been purposed for more. You may wonder how you could uh, do what has never been done. Look at Noah. With God's help, he built the first ship that housed an entire ecosystem and survived the worst storm known to man. Come to Jesus. You have been purposed for more. You may think what the Lord is asking seems far too risky. Look at Esther. With uh, her very life at stake, she responded to God. And with God's help, a genocide was averted. Come to Jesus. You 
have been purposed for more. You might feel what you've done is unforgivable. Look at Saul. He persecuted and killed Christians for a living, yet God chose him. He saved him, changed his name to Paul. With God's help, he wrote most of the New Testament. Come to Jesus. You have been purposed for more. You might believe your past is too evil. Look at Mary Magdalene, out of whom seven demons was cast. She responded to Jesus, and through the help of the Spirit, uh, she was the first to come proclaim, uh, he's alive, he's alive. Our Lord is risen from the dead and he's alive. Come to Jesus, you have been purposed for more. He needs a few more people who are confident enough to serve him in word and deed, but to live in Christ today. Oh, won't you come to Jesus and lay it all down on the table, surrender everything into his hand. Don't worry about whether or not there's a call for you. Don't worry about fitting into a mold. Come to Jesus. You have been purposed for more. God can make a new mold through your ministry. God takes men as they are with their human elements and character and trains them for his service. If they will be disciplined to learn of him, they are not chosen because they are perfect. Notwithstanding their imperfections, that through the knowledge and practice of the truth, through the grace of Christ, they may be transformed into his image. It's not about you being perfect. Come to Jesus. You have been purposed for more. Kind Father in heaven, I'm grateful. Sometimes, Lord God, uh, we look at ourselves and we, we want to just run away. But I ask today, God, for seminarians, God, and the faculty and staff today, that we would behold Jesus, that we would come to you and let you fulfill your great purposes in and through us. Deliver us, Father God, from the whispered temptations of Satan and help us to yield to our master because we know you have purposed us for more. In Jesus' name, amen.